During this fall, we're in a sermon series from the parables of Jesus. And every week and for the next three weeks, we're going to be looking, continue to look at the the parables of Jesus. Great teaching stories that have a deep meaning for us. And in some cases, multiple meanings. Just as we are a varied group of people here today with different backgrounds and We've heard different things and we've read different parts or heard what God says in the Bible in different ways. Sometimes I believe when Jesus tells a parable, he is speaking to different kinds of people. And what he might want to say to you today might be a little different than what someone down the road from you might hear from God's Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has a way of taking every word of God and applying it to the hearts of anybody who is willing to humbly listen to what God says. To give each one of us something to think about. And this morning I hope that you, if you can understand me and you can hear my words today, that you will hear God say something to you from His parable. His parables help us to understand His kingdom. The kingdom of heaven, called the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And the Jesus' parables are tied together. In many of Jesus' parables, He says the kingdom of God is like this. My kingdom is like this. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that Jesus had told about 70 stories or 70 parables, 70 metaphors that are recorded in the four Gospels of his teaching. That's a lot of stories, and you just wonder all the stories that he told that aren't recorded. And he used this expression, the kingdom of God, often with his parables. In fact, he used that expression 90 times or so in the four Gospels. Jesus wants you to understand the heart of God. I use that expression often, the heart of of God. God has a compassion for every person on earth. I know that's hard to understand. In our broken, sinful, evil world, how could God care about every person? I don't know. I don't know how he does it. I know I have 11 grandchildren and all 11 of them are so important to me and precious to me. And I'm a mortal man. But somehow an infinite God can know every person in every country, in every language, in every culture, all around the world, and He can know them much better than I can know my 11 grandchildren. And that's amazing to me. And so today, as we focus on one of the parables, I want to invite you to think about God's love. Is that song that we sang a little bit ago? Think about His love. Understand that God has an incredible desire to speak to your heart and to your life. The parable we're going to read today is one of three parables that Jesus told in Luke chapter 11. He talked about three lost things. 
So the parable must be about being lost, number one, and other things. But the first thing that comes to mind is, is Jesus cared deeply about people who are lost. And so he told three stories. The first one was about a lost sheep. The second one, I read that one at the beginning of the service, was about a lost coin. And then the third one that we're going to focus on today is about a lost son. And Jesus teaches both about the son and about the father who loves him and about another character in the story that we'll look at briefly, the brother. Together, they have this same theme, these three parables, these three stories. It's about being lost. All of them teach us Something about how God sees us when we're not listening to Him, when we are turned away from Him, when we're ignoring Him, when we're at a place that we don't really care to listen to the, to the heart of God. All three parables tell us something about how God sees us in that place. How does God feel about you and me when our hearts are hard and when we're struggling with faith and we're turned away from Him? How does God see you. How does God see lost people? All of them teach us about God. All of them teach us that God wants people to be found. And so today we're going to focus on that third parable. It's called many names by different people. I grew up hearing the name of the parable, the prodigal son, the lost son. I've also heard it described as the parable of the loving father and others. There's really three characters or people in this parable and in this story. And all three of them have something to say to us. In fact, it may be that parts of one of these characters have more to say to you or something from this story, like I said, might impact you and what you think different than the person beside you. But there are three characters in the story that I want us to focus on and to think about. All of them have something to say to us. And all of them say something about God. If you would like to read along, Luke chapter 15 Verse 11 is the parable. It is a long parable, and I'm going to read it. And I just ask you as you listen to it to to listen for the wisdom that God wants to say to you about your life and how you understand who God is. Here's the story. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons, The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property among them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? 
I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. But the father said to his servants, quick. No, I'm sorry. I skipped over a paragraph. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son. This son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. I know I often say when I'm preaching or I'm teaching or I'm doing some kind of a a Bible study, well, this is my favorite Bible story, or this is my favorite book, or it's one of my favorites. And I try to be careful that I don't claim that too strongly every time, but I want you to know that there are two parables of Jesus that absolutely, I would have to say for me, grip my heart. Anyway, this is one of them. If you want to know how God feels about you, read this parable. The story begins with the words, Jesus continued. Verse 11. He tells the story three times in three ways to reinforce how important it is that we understand this about the nature of God. So many people out there have different concepts of who God is. What the Bible tells us and what Jesus tells us and we see in these parables is a picture of an incredible God with an incredible heart and passion for people that are lost. God loves people. And He's done everything that He can to let us know that. Jesus continued... In this story, the younger son demanded his inheritance even before his father died. And the father gave it to him. Of course, this is a story. But in the story, the younger son comes to the father and says, I just want what I can get. When you die, I'm going to get my inheritance, but I want it now. 
And so the father, without any fanfare, without any discussion, without any arguing, we're reading the story that the father did it. He divided the estate. And he gave to his younger son what he demanded. Then the son gathered all his possessions and his belongings and We can only imagine how it broke the father's heart, both that he demanded his inheritance, but then the next thing the son does, he takes all his things and he leaves. He abandons the father. That is a picture of what sin is in our lives. We abandon God. We turn our back On the Father. We walk away. The Father's generosity. The Father's love. The security of the Father. Sin is what happens when we decide that we don't need God. We only want the benefits we get from Him. But we don't want the relationship. So the lost son disrespects his father greatly. Any son that would demand the inheritance before the time, especially in Bible times, would seemingly being said, would be saying, Father, I wish you were dead. I want my things. And then also to leave, to abandon his part of the responsibility as a son. It was a a double disrespect of the father. You would think the father could have said, no, I'm not going to give you the inheritance. Get out. But no, the father gave him what he demanded. He wasted his inheritance. He went and he spent all his money. Who knows what? A lot of speculation about that. He squandered his wealth. I don't know how long it took him to do that, but he did it pretty quickly and pretty easily, according to the story. The truth is, the things that we sometimes think are the most important in life really don't turn out to be that big. They don't turn out to be that satisfying. They really don't turn out to be worth that much. And the lost son found out the hard way. He wasted his inheritance. And then his life began to bottom out as all the things that he thought would bring him happiness was gone. He lost his friends probably because... His friends were there to take his money anyway. Later on, his brother said he spent his money on prostitutes and things that he thought he would like at that time. And so his life was just going down like this. And it went all the way to the bottom according to the parable that Jesus told. He had no money left. He had no friends He had no possessions. 
That's what sin does to us. It promises a whole lot, but it doesn't deliver. It doesn't deliver contentment. It doesn't deliver happiness. It doesn't deliver meaning in life. I mean, I think one of the the tremendous things about this parable is the deep truth that Jesus says in, in throughout the parable. And, and the truth of that is though this young man thought that he had everything, he found out that really he didn't have anything of value. And it was gone. And he hit rock bottom. He was working and scratching just to have enough food for himself. And it even got so bad that he had to find a job with a pig farmer. You understand this is a story, and you understand that the Jews did not eat pork. And there's many things throughout the Bible showing how God's people did not eat pigs. So Jesus told the story to make it more colorful. There he was feeding pigs. He got hungry. So what did he do? He ate the food that the pigs ate. Boy, is that not a description also of what being away from God is? It's eating the food of pigs. It's thinking that that's going to be meaningful to you and helpful to you, but it's not. And then so many people that have chosen to walk away from the Father, they, they realize how empty and desperate they are, but they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. But in the story, Jesus gives us the answer of what to do. In the story, Jesus helps us to understand what God wants us to do when we come to that place that we realize that we have turned our back on the Father. It says very simply these words, He came to His senses. He came to His senses. You see, verse 16 says, that uh, 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 no one gave him anything. He knew that he had nothing. He had been beaten up by life. He had uh, descended into the depths of emptiness. And that's what turning away from the Father brings. God made us as spiritual beings, not just physical lives, but He gave us an eternal soul. And that eternal soul is as important as our physical lives. They're both important. Jesus was teaching something important here to us about what happens to us when we turn away from the Father. We might even be deceived that we will be better off, but instead we find out that we're not. Verse 17 then says, When he came to his senses... When he came to his senses, two things happened to this young man. And in the story, Jesus gives us the answer out. So many people don't find it. But Jesus gives us the answer to that person who has turned their back on the Father and has walked away. Jesus gives them the answer. Two things. Number one, it says that he remembered his father. One translation says he remembered his father. He remembered his character. He remembered his kindness. He remembered how well he treated his servants. And he longed to be with him again. 
The second thing that the young man did that some people do and some people never do when they realize that they're lost is the second thing they did is he got up and he turned around and he started home. Both of those are so important if you're lost. Number one is that you will know or remember who God is. The loving Father who reaches out. And number two, that you'll get up and you'll turn around and you'll go to the Father. You'll go home. You'll go back. You'll remember and hold on to and, and cherish that relationship with the Father. And then there's the story of the Father. The Father. He's a long way from his son. But the picture Jesus shows us of this father is incredible. The son, no matter how far he is from home, is never outside of the father's heart. Never. No matter how far this boy went away from the father, no matter what he did, no matter what he did with all the wealth that he had and the the inheritance that he already gave him, no matter all that, the father is still Jesus paints this picture. The father is still watching and waiting and hoping that a son will come back. Lovingly, longingly, anxiously, the father is watching for his return. Somehow, This is God. And this is how God feels about people. Today, if you're lost and you know you're lost, I want you to know that there's a God who is looking and watching For you to come back to Him. I imagine the Father every day. Every day in the the story. Standing on the porch. Or out at the top of the hill. And hoping that His Son will come back. That's how God feels about us when we're lost. You see, the father had allowed his son to leave. There's nothing in the story that tells us that the father tried to talk him out, tried to give him advice, said, no, you can't, or argued with him. Nothing in the story tells us that, but simply the father allowed him to leave. And that's actually also a picture of our relationship with God. See, God created us to choose. He created us with a free will. That's the theological term. That's a part of our theology in the church of the Nazarene that we've all had an opportunity to choose. God will not force you to believe in Him. God will not force you to listen to Him. God will not force you to serve Him. God will not force you to obey Him. No. In the story, the father simply went and he divided the estate and he gave To the son, half. That's free will. 
If you're here today, you're here because you chose to come or somebody made you, but not God. If you choose to hear this story in the heart of God, it's because you choose to open your heart and say, God, I want all of you. I want all of the Father. I want to know deep down what it means that my heavenly Father loves me this much. Free will. It's an important thing for you to understand in your weighing of whether or not you're going to respond to God. It's your choice. It always is. But there's a father who is waiting and watching and reaching out for you. A father who cares about everything in your life. The fact that the father allowed his son to leave did not diminish at all his love for his son. But the only thing I could say is that It increased his pain that he wasn't home. And every day he watched. God experiences pain. I I know that seems impossible. Several scriptures seem to tell us that. Because he chooses to do that. Verse 20 says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. Threw his arms around him and kissed him. You understand why I love this parable so much? The father waited until the son chose to come. But when he knew he was coming, he ran to him with open arms. The son had to make the choice. says that when he was afar, when he was somewhere way over the hill, or there was the father looking and watching for him. This is the story Jesus tells. But when he saw the son coming, immediately he ran as much as a, a father could run. And he embraced him. His arms are already open to hug him. Of course, we all have different personalities. And I've said to many of you, I'm a hugger. Maybe that's why I like this story so much. You hear what Jesus is saying about how God feels about you? He wants to come and hug you. God does. He embraced him. He forgave him. He restored him. Man, he just... It was not hard for the father. He didn't struggle. Just like he let him go. And when he came back, he didn't have to step back and say, Well, yeah, 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 now you come home. You're hungry. Yeah, I knew you would. No. That's not how God sees people. He sees them like this. Please understand today, 
on this day, the picture of the Father. That's the Father's love for you and I. But before there could be the reunion, there had to be the repentance. Before there could be the restoration, there had to be the repentance. Before the Father could hug the Son, the Son had to choose to come back. See, we don't get right with God by just thinking about it. We don't get right with God because we take a few steps that church people do. We get right with God when we repent from anything in our hearts that dishonors the Father. It's a choice, just like leaving home was the choice. This young son had to repent. He had to turn around. Repentance means to turn around. In the story, Jesus describes it like this. He remembered what his father was like. And so he went home. He also added to it to make sure that we understand. The son said, Father, I have sinned against you in heaven. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Part of repentance is to understand how we have broken the heart of the father. Part of repentance is to understand the brokenness of relationship. And you see how the father offers restoration as soon as that son begins to come home and starts back. The son is restored when he returns to the father. And then there is the elder brother. His role in the story is pretty small. But the elder brother does not have the heart of the father. No. The elder brother has no mercy. See, the father has mercy. That's the difference. The elder brother wanted justice. You get what you deserve. But it's also left that, that brother with a bitter spirit. On one side you have the father who is compassionate. But you have an older brother whose heart is hard. The father is full of joy, but the older brother is full of envy. And so the older brother also has a lesson for us today. How do we see lost people? Do we make it easier or harder for people to turn around? There's so many people out there who are where the younger brother is in life. 
they don't know how to turn back. But the story and the words of Jesus help us to understand that God wants us to have the same heart, the same heart as Jesus did and the Father does in the story. How do you view lost people? How do you see the people in your life? Boy, God help us to see them with the patience and the compassion. Help us to see people like the father on the porch who's watching. And as soon as they turn around, he'll do everything he can. As Jesus said so many times before, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Would you stand, please? Oh, Heavenly Father, I'm thankful today for your compassion. I'm thankful today that you give us choice. But you also know how devastating sin is. How painful it is. And how it breaks our relationship with God. But you also have shown us, God, that when we turn back and we repent. And we come home. That you are there to restore us. I'm thankful for your mercy and your forgiveness, and your restoration today. Lord, I pray if there would be someone here right now who says, really, I need to turn around. I need to go tell the Father I'm sorry. I need to turn away from those things that have separated me and I've selfishly lived and feel the embrace of the Father if they would do that right now. Each person can pray and say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins and I promise to come home. And you can help each person to do that just now, in this moment, in this time, I pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you've asked Jesus to forgive you for your sins today and you've turned to the Father Praise the Lord. It's the beginning of the steps of understanding how much the Father loves you. If you want to, come and talk to me about that. I encourage you today, hear the words of the great teacher Jesus in this parable. God bless. Thank you for being here today. Bye-bye.